Welcome to the X-Line, the show all about the Fujifilm X-Series cameras and the stories behind the gear. I'm Mark Sadowski, and this is Episode 6. In this episode, we talk to Andrew Billington, an amazing Fuji wedding photographer from the UK. I recorded this a couple weeks ago, and it was such a fun time chatting with him. I mean, the stories were great. He was just off the hook fun to to talk with. So I want to thank Andrew for taking the time to have such a fun conversation and uh, sharing his stories. It was, I mean, it was a blast. Uh, But before we dive in, I wanted to thank you, the listeners, um, for for starters, thank you very much for the five-star ratings that we've been receiving on iTunes. Uh, that helps us in the search results for iTunes, and it's always great listening to uh, other people's uh, ratings and reviews, so it, it's much appreciated. So thank you for the five stars, and please keep them coming. I mean, like I said, it's the, the best and freest way to help us. Uh, the second I wanted to share... Uh, you can always find uh, this show on uh, Instagram. Uh, whenever I talk about a particular image that I photographed, I usually throw it on the X-Line Show Instagram account. And you can always find that at X-Line Show. And finally, I just wanted to mention the X-Line Show's Twitter account. Uh, I started this a while ago, but never announced it, never gave it any formal kind of introduction. But today I want to announce that you can follow this show on uh, Twitter by going to at X-Line Show. And I'm going to post updates to the website, updates to upcoming interviews, things like that. And hopefully there'll be more to come. Uh, I want to do possibly some photo walks in in the New England area, at least, seeing as I live here. Um, But anyway, keep up with the show at X-Line Show on Twitter. And as always, if you want to leave us a comment and don't want to go to any of those sources, go directly to the source at thexline.com. And you can always leave a comment under the show posts, and I'll be sure to see it there too. So thank you very much again for listening, and let's get started with this interview. Hello, everybody. This week, we have the amazing Andrew Billington, a Fuji X photographer and just an extraordinary photographer all around. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm doing very well. I'm, uh, you might need to start this again. I'm not an official Fuji X photographer. That's okay. Neither am I. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I didn't know whether you were talking about the Fuji X series or you're just talking about, you know, the, the Fuji X photographers because... Uh, I just I just use the things. <laughs> Same here. I believe it or not, uh, even though this is a podcast entirely devoted to Fuji, uh, I, I still use my Canon. I have not crossed that uh, threshold just yet. And you, uh, are you using your Canon for what for all your professional stuff, or I use just some, some of it for all right. So for wedding photography, um, yeah. I, I use I'm I'm about I'm hovering at fifty fifty. And right. here's where I, I absolutely have to use my uh, Canon as a crutch because uh, here in New England, where the old churches are ironically very, very dark, mm-hmm. um, it's just it's hard to get that procession inward. And there are many times where a, the, the bridesmaids will, instead of walk down the aisle, they will 
in succession walk at a pace as though they were escaping the plague. Yeah, it, that's the strangest thing, isn't it? You think they 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 sort of go against the lovely, sedate pace of the music, and they sort of get to the top of the island, and then it seems to be it's it's like who can get down there the fastest? Yes, it's, yeah, it's like yeah, the first one to get down to a groomsman wins. This is a it, this it, is an organ, not dubstep. <laughs> yeah, it, it's quite bizarre. But I, I I'll I'll slightly t- I'll slightly t- see we start we're going to start already on this i'll slightly take issue with you on on uh, dark churches using fuji stuff because uh england has has in, me england, beat. <laughs> in winter the churches in england in winter are dark yeah and and i use i i've, I've been using my fujis now for two at least two and a half years full time on weddings and i've i've not gone i need to grab my cannon for this or anything like that i just gone i'm just gonna make it work right on and and it works. Well, but, but- now, now you know the real reason why you're you're on. I, I've created this entire podcast just to help me with my own miserable skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's a great way of getting a one to one free. It's awesome. right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, you your photography is amazing. Uh, just from my personal. Uh, searches when, when I discovered the the Fuji system. The first photographer that I uh, came across was Kevin Mullins, who we already yeah. interviewed, and uh, the second person was you. Um, right. And because right. and what fascinates me about you is that while while Kevin uses uh you know the no no speed lights on his camera system, essentially mm. whatsoever, um, you actually do. <laughs> And yeah, Kevin doesn't like the flash. <laughs> he doesn't, and I personally love speedlights. I I I don't shy away from them. I embrace yeah. them and call them my brother. Um, yeah, but the uh, the only I mean, the, uh, I must admit though, the only time I tend to use the uh, is to use flash is in the evenings for dancing. Yes, I don't tend to employ it any of the rest of the time. Although the rest of the time I'm finding available light and I'm using the light that's there. And that's the look I like for anything other than dancing. And then when I get to the dancing, I sort of think, yeah, they got used to me being here. It's a bit more relaxed. It's a bit more nightclubby. You know, I'm just going to get up in people's faces with a flash, you know, and, and work and work it that way. Right on. So, Okay. Uh, hold that thought. Let's rewind to the very beginning and go into your origin stories and uh, talk Ooh. about the time before Fuji. Um, what what oh, can those, those those dark days? They they were where, where we were uh, Atlas like lifting heavy gear and yeah. <laughs> although in my case, I'm still lifting heavy gear uh, from time to time. Um, so. What were you using, uh, or you know, I guess what were you doing before Fuji? Were you uh, well, what, photographing I, weddings I, still? With yeah, uh, when I started, um, when I started uh, photographing professionally, um, if I if I'll I'll rewind right the way, right the way back to the origin of the origin story. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I started um, in theatre. My I was working in theatre for twenty years before I sort of crossed over to become a professional photographer. And at the sort of dawn of the digital 
age of cameras. I, yeah. I, was, I was going on holiday. I thought, I, I need a camera. I'll just, and I bought a very small little point and shoot. And it's about 2003, I would have thought. So it was like, you know, one megapixel or something, you know, probably less than that. And I just started using it on holiday and thought, yeah, I really enjoy this because I used film cameras as a kid growing up and loved that and gone off and done all the sort of, uh, processing myself and 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 all that stuff so the real hands-on stuff mm-hmm. and then got then got back into photography when digital came back in again and started thinking oh, i like this i bought my first uh sort of what i consider decent camera which was a a uh canon 300d or the rebel i think as you you call it over there yeah yeah so it was a, it was a canon rebel and started using that around the theatre, and that, again loved it. And for me, it was about taking photographs as I as I do now of things as they were happening, rather than doing lots of posed photographs or going, "Hey guys, let's all do this and go over there and make this photograph." It was very much documentary storytelling of what was happening around the theatre, what was happening in rehearsal rooms, and things like that. Yeah. And I slowly started to get commissioned to uh do that sort of work and the arts council in uh england commissioned me to do some work very early on uh with artists going to schools and so i was doing that and i was running a sort of as a lot of people do a photography business alongside my full-time job which was working in theater yeah um so if you put those two together, I've never really had a proper job. It's (laughs) it's always just been fun. You know, (laughs) going to work has always been fun for me, but Oh man, I love you and hate you at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that's listening to this on their lunchtime in their (laughs) office, you know, eating their cheese sandwich, hating their boss. I'm really, really sorry, but (laughs) (laughs) it's all good. So, I mean, if, if you tend to walk around photographing stuff, people at some point somebody's going to say, uh, "Do you photograph weddings?" And, yes. Uh, yeah, you know, because that's that's what happens, because uh, that's the only time they sort of encounter a professional photographer. So my response was always, "I do, or I will, but it will be in the way that I photograph stuff now." So it was very documentary, very unposed, because until I started photographing weddings, I'd only ever been to one wedding. I didn't really know what weddings were about. <laughs> so I thought, what if I could just, you know, rather than try to be, a, you know, try and do all that wedding photographer thing of going, oh, I know what happens and what weddings look like. I thought, well, you just turn up and you photograph what's happening. That, yes. seems, to be the, that seems to be the best way to do it. So I, I took my, I got my Canon Rebel and I bought a second body because, you know, at least I thought if you're going to do this, you do this properly you know you make sure you've got spare everything and you buy decent lenses and you do it so i did i started off as every wedding photographer feels they should do with a sort of 24 70 70 to 200 mm-hmm. and two bodies and charging in there and just sort of sticking my camera in people's faces and, and not really knowing what i was doing but through through <laughs> trial and error and and actually i think doing what i felt was the right way for me to photograph weddings i slowly sort of built up a visual language that i was happy with and just just i again the more you do things the more you discover what works and what doesn't 
and really i went through it was a series of sort of trial and error at people's weddings i mean there was always a sort of hopefully a, a base level of that that stuff works and i'm covering what i you know what i need to get but i'm yeah. learning, learning with every wedding that i shot right on which which is always a good thing to do and also when i started out i didn't charge a lot of money because i didn't think that was fair I thought I'm learning, you know. All right, you're gonna you're gonna spend some money on a wedding photographer, but if you're getting, if you're hiring somebody that's also learning on the job, you know, I didn't feel it was fair to sort of immediately come in at, you know, I don't know what, you know, sort of two, three thousand. You know, oh, I was do- in the do- same dollars, dollars yeah. <laughs> equivalent. You know, no, I was I was charging. You know, I think you know around about sort of eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars for the first two, three years of shooting weddings. Yeah. I thought, thought that was fair. Yeah. I, I was, I was in the same boat. Uh, I, again, I, I also started with a digital rebel, uh, probably the same rebel that you're talking about. Yeah. And, uh, oh man, that it, it was a little guy, but it was a powerhouse. Um, yeah, great camera. Oh, I, I still have it. I still love it. <laughs> um, the, the parallel uh, between what you were describing and what uh, what I went through is strangely similar. Except, believe it or not, my first point and shoot camera was a Fuji. All right, Fuji S seven thousand saved my life. <laughs> right. Um. So I was an ex shooter before everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, first. Exactly. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's I I I think I was charging about six hundred dollars per wedding for first couple of years, and uh, I think one of my first mistakes was in uh, memory cards choices because back then two gigs was like ah is like you're spending hundreds of dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. So to save some money, I actually bought this very mini hard drive that had moving parts in it. So it was a memory card. But it had the the, the the spinning disc and everything. Oh, is that a micro drive? Micro drives, yes. That's the one. Yeah, I had one of those. Yeah, I had some of those. Yeah, I quickly <laughs> learned how bad they are sometimes. <laughs> yeah, not good. Not good at all. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, you know, say la vie, live and learn. Yeah, but I mean, and until I, you know, and and that's that's how I shot weddings for years. I mean, the one of the big, I think one of the big changing points in the way that I worked and in the way that I approached weddings was when i switched from that sort of 24 70 70 well the 70 to 200 didn't last long because it was way too big a lens and way yeah. too heavy a lens, i felt for being for for taking to weddings i know l- l- people love it and they love the look they get from it but it's just you're so obvious yeah that as soon as that particularly if you shoot cannon as soon as that big gray thing gets raised in the air everybody turns around to look at the guy with the big camera and yeah. it's like yeah, that that ruined the moment for me. So I, my switch to using prime lenses was a real uh, watermark in, I think, in the way that I worked. So I very quickly changed to a sort of a, originally a sort of thirty-five eighty-five combo for yeah. a wedding day, and it was small. It was relatively, you know, certainly much lighter than still attached to the sort of cannons than than it used to be and that really helped again the i think to develop my photography because you have to start to learn to zoom with your feet you have to start to learn to frame the shot 
without without zoom you got to walk to it you got to say that's the shot i want and you make it and then you move to the next one yes because i i very rarely crop any photographs i tend to shoot it all in camera how i want it and the only thing i'll tend to do is straighten because for some reason i can't shoot a straight horizon to save my life oh my god amen brother it's, it's horrendous, it's horrendous. <laughs> I, I swear i've got one leg at least half a foot shorter than the other because it's just like why 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 would you tilt that but i just did so anyway so that's that's all i tend to do um but Still, I was shooting weddings with sort of, I think by the time I switched to Fuji, my setup was um, 5D Mark III. And, well, I had been shooting with the 1D Mark IV, yes. which, you know, is a big black brick. Fantastic camera. But, you know, by the end of a wedding, I'm shooting those on, you know, on dual straps. And by the end of the wedding day, I was absolutely, you know, just Buffed. on my, on my <laughs> it was te- It was awful. And, yes. Uh, and so... I looked at the Fuji as a way of getting a smaller camera that was lighter that I knew I could wonder, but also I think the joy of it for me when, you know, particularly when I saw the specs for the X-T1 were that everything that I wanted, everything I wanted to adjust during a wedding day was on the top plate. I never needed to go look in the back to a menu. Yeah. I could just, I could just twirl some dials and that was Awesome, because that just meant I could walk around still looking at the scene, just making adjustments on the top of my camera and know that it was ready to shoot. So let's talk about that. You're you're switching yeah. to Fuji. Like what what was the first camera that you picked up, and like what was that allure? That and um, I um I think the first well the first camera I picked up um was the X100. Yeah, and I know you've spoken to Kevin Mullins. Yes. And- uh Kevin I saw Kevin and he was talking about that camera and I thought that looks interesting so really it was Kevin that inspired me to go and and pick up that camera and I I left left the talk that he was doing walked out bought the camera started playing with it and to be honest I thought it's okay but I wasn't really a fan of the the autofocus i wasn't it was a it was a bit of a sort of dog to work with to start off with yeah autofocus was horrendous yeah and i didn't i i probably what i didn't do is probably didn't give it enough time and i was just sort of i'd love this to work but it's not really working for me so i sort of put it down again for for six months or so until until the x pro one came out and and i thought that's the one you know I, I bought an X Pro one and actually started using it at weddings. Nice. And that was the sort of yeah, this works. This is great. Loved loved the look of the the just the files you got from it because it had a very sort of filmic look about it straight out the box. You know, no need for VSC or anything like that. It was just a lovely look to the files. That's was- what kept me with the X100 uh, because when I had. Yeah originally rented it for a wedding i only used it for like just certain scenes that didn't involve a lot of movement so there wasn't a lot of uh autofocus to to deal with but just the the output there was just some intangible quality of the Mm. jpegs that i I could toss the raw files i was like "Eh." but uh (laughs) but those jpegs it's Mm. I'm, it was it was a bit like I mean I don't know if you ever used a Canon 5D the original 5D 
Yes, the, I still have that too. Those fi- the look of those files. You still you, do, you, do you sell anything? I just keep them. I keep. I am all right. <laughs> here's a little tangent, uh, and, and I talked about this in a previous podcast. I am very, very sentimental with my uh, camera equipment because um, I, I was sick for a long time, and that Fuji S7000. When I say it saved my life, it, I, I, I don't mean that tongue in cheek. Well, a little tongue in cheek, but. Um, there was just something about it that just felt so good to me. So when I personally connect with a camera, I will, I, I will, you know, I, I want to keep it. And, and when I lent that camera to my brother-in-law, who's a piece of crap, um, I, I hope he's not listening. <laughs> my wife doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> uh, okay, I'd, I'd love to. Yeah, Christmas around your house must be great. Oh, it's uh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's it's not as bad as uh previous years um so okay. <laughs> so when uh that, that's a whole other podcast my friend <laughs> yeah let's not go into that now yeah that's something else but anyway he treated it like crap and it broke and Gosh. that was the first time that was like that that, that was my baby yeah. and uh so now i just all the sentimental cameras stay um so for example the i i had recently repurchased an s7000 just to keep on my table um yeah. that's not going anywhere my original canon 5d will forever stay with me. Uh, my Canon 5D Mark III, I could sell that when it's time. Yeah. I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to be attached to that. And the and the lenses, uh, I'll probably hang on to the 24 to 70 just for sentimental reasons. But the other stuff, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not as sentimental as you about cameras. I, I just sort of forget to sell them. I've got, I've got a, uh, X100s and uh, and my my X Pro One that I really should sell because I've got a, I've got a 100T and I've got two X Pro Two so I don't need the X Pro One but it's still there but yeah I sort of think I just keep meaning to sell it so you know my if, ex- anybody's, looking, if anybody's looking for one and they want to get in touch with me that's fine I'll say I'll sell you my X Pro One <laughs> there you go there you go um, reaching out to everybody so uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. All right, all right, so the 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 files were amazing. Um, yeah. The, the the JPEG quality. So, do you shoot JPEG only, or do you do you also have RAW in there as well? I I still I even with the dual slot on the X Pro Two now, I just shoot JPEGs. Nice. I know that's I. It, it, you get it right in, for me, and for the look that I'm after, and because and for how I process stuff. I don't need all the information that's on the raw file. If I get it right in camera and I pull that fantastic JPEG that the Fuji processing inside the camera produces so well, I don't need the raw file to, to fall back on. Yeah. So it, and it, and it really helps my workflow. I mean, I think recent, cause again, Kevin was the same. I think recently he's, he, I think he's, is he shooting the, he's shooting raws and JPEGs. No, just, yeah. Just because he can. Yeah. Yeah, just because exactly, and I I just tend to shoot JPEGs to to both slots, one with a big sixty four, well, just a sixty four gig uh, card in that stays in for three, four, five weddings until I filled it, and yeah. then I'll and then and then hopefully by that time I've delivered those weddings and I don't need that safety, but I always sort of I just shoot the two now because you've just got the safety if one card goes south i've actually still got the photos yeah although i shot for two years with the xt1 on that only had one that's only got one sd card slot and i didn't have a problem 
Yeah. So so there was a lot of talk when the when the XG1 first came out. It was like, oh, it can't be a pro camera because it hasn't got dual slots. And what if something goes down? And did that does that ever really happen? I mean, I know it so rarely, rarely, rarely happens to people. And when it does, it tend you tend to sort of drill down to them. And they say, well, I shoot on a series of very small cards all throughout the wedding day, and I'm constantly putting them in and putting them out rather than so. I don't. I, I didn't. You know, I didn't have a problem with it, and I didn't see it as this can't be a professional camera because it doesn't have two slots. Because yeah. only recently did cameras have two slots. Right. So so what's what's the and people shot professionally before then. So you know, my five D Mark One has only exactly. one card slot. Exactly. Um, so I you know I, I I I never worry about those discussions, and I never worried about the the thought that. If you, you know, I rocked up to a wedding when I, when I first started shooting Fuji and I, you know, that thought of rocking up to a wedding with like really small cameras yeah. <laughs> that, look, that were smaller than, in the, you know, a lot of the guests had a lot more expensive and prospect cameras than I was using to shoot the wedding. But that, you know, the, the, what tool you choose to use isn't the issue. It's the fact of what sort of photographer you are. Yes. Although it's always a great feeling when you're you're walking up with your Fuji, uh, and, and the person has their you know their the huge Canon or Nikon camera with the with the big seventy to two hundred, and it's like yeah. oh yeah, I just don't want to get in your way. I'm like, how's your back? <laughs> <laughs> How are you enjoying this day? <laughs> yeah, I know. I what know. are you I, using? I, and I, I would pull out my uh, Fuji XC2, and the, I had a the the thirty five millimeter lens attached mm. to. It. I'm like this. <laughs> I know, and and it's not, and it's just, it's just nice. I mean, I tend to keep mine on, on just on little holsters on on my belt rather than having straps. Yeah, and literally, you know, I've got a jacket on, you know, just a carry two or three spare batteries, you know, and uh, and uh, and that sort of hangs over the top of my camera. So I, the fact that it doesn't really look like I've got any cameras on me at all, although I'll just tend to sort of just carry one in the hand all the time, and that's it. Yeah. And, that's me, and that's me for a wedding. I've not got belts with different lenses on, or or a flash standing by. Literally, will have. I'll pick the two lenses I'm going to use for the day, and that'll probably be, and that'll probably stay on for the whole day, and I won't change. And then in the evening, I'll go down to one camera with with the flash on the sync cord, and possibly the ten to twenty four zoom on for dance floor, and that's it. That's yeah, me done. that's me done for the day, and I like that. So what uh, what 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 is the flash that you're using? I'm using the very very small. Um, is it the EFX20, Fuji's own little yeah. sort of brick of a flash? It's just like a. It's it's I know what, what the size you know it's just just the size of sort of two matchboxes, right? But it's a great. It's I mean I just I I was experimenting one day. I thought oh, you know I'll I'll shoot a little bit of flash on the dance floor and dragged a sync cord out and this little flash that i had rather than using a big sort of you know the canon ones or the nissin ones or anything like that and it's lovely because it just sits in the in in the palm of my hand Mm -hmm. and the cameras the cameras in my other hand and on a little sync cord i can just get that little bit of separation rather than having it on top of the camera just to give me a little bit of sculpting light yeah 
and I can either either shoot the flash high to give a sort of light from above, or if I if I got the camera quite low, sometimes I'll I'll bring the flash in from below so you don't get sort of arms causing shadows across faces and things like that. You can just sort of stick it low and into into people's faces, and it works. It for me, it works a treat. I'm actually going to try that this uh, next weekend. I, I'm renting it just to see if I like it. And uh, mm. I'm going to be doing it just for that. I, because right now, my, uh, I mean, my, my hang up right now is uh, the, the, the procession inward. Um, yeah. There is the cake cutting, which, okay. which is, uh, I, there's just so, there's <laughs> so much the- devastation happening during that cake cutting. I don't want to miss a frame. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you again. Cake cuttings are, sli- are slightly different in 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 the US than they are in the UK. In the UK, they're really sedate. They literally stand behind a cake. They push the push the knife into the cake to create one slice. Yeah, not, 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 just one cut, and then they go right. That's it. We've done it. It's literally thirty seconds done. <laughs> and that that is, that that is the cake cut moment, and it's never a moment. And right. It's always, it's always, you know, it's it's. it's I, you you take a shot of it because it's just a, they've done it and it's a sort of record of the day. But generally, nothing exciting happens. Oh my god! Here sometimes it's a it's flat yeah, out it's fight cake mayhem, isn't it? Oh, all right. So let, let's trade stories here. Um, yeah. Here in the states, we have something called uh, the bouquet and garter toss. Ah, uh, yeah. Do you guys have that? Occasionally, there'll be. A bouquet toss. It's very rare these days. Very rare that anybody throws the bouquet, but occasionally they'll just decide, oh, I'm going to throw the bouquet. And it's a sort of ad hoc, unorganized thing that sort of a half a dozen people trickle up to. It's never a great moment. Yeah. The garter with the groom going under and is it taking the garter off with his teeth and all that yeah. sort of stuff? Yeah. There's yeah. creative no, ways to do, do that. We don't do that at all. <laughs> oh man, I envy you. None of that. I ha- I have had it at, at the old wedding where the couple have been American or or they've had American relatives and they've they've done it and you go great, that's lovely. So it is a fabulous moment and you get the guys rushing forward to try and catch it. Well, it depends on who it. catches the bouquet. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's, <laughs> all, it's all good stuff. But uh, no, we don't get that. Okay, so here, so you've seen it happen. The, oh, yeah. the, the other thing that I'm surprised at, because uh, I was describing it to a lot of my friends who are out of state, they haven't experienced this one. Uh, mm-hmm. So you have the garter toss, you have the bouquet toss. The people who catch those items, the 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 guy who caught the garter now has to put the garter on the girl oh. who put who caught the bouquet. Does that happen? No. <laughs> No, I've, I've well, no, I've not heard of that. I mean, that's that it's starting to become like a whole chain of things. Then something could happen after that. Is it, that sounds really? <laughs> that's usually what the intention is, and uh, right. it is. Nope. Yeah, you've, this... got me on, you've got me on that one. <laughs> I, I'm not proud. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing in the world. I'm not. Just saying, I'm never. I've never seen it happen. I mean, we. I've seen various, you know, various wedding games, and uh, I, I shot uh, an all-German wedding once, and the Germans are very big on arranging wedding games. So there's always a series of games that the bride and groom are made to play, and there's there, you know, they start holding up the shoe game. Yes, we have that. But I, they told me of of this thing that happens apparently in Germany I don't know if it still does and if you've got any German listeners I'm sure they'll let you know whereby at some point in the evening while the bride and groom are still at the wedding reception 
if they live nearby, what's going to happen is a lot of guys from the wedding are going to leave. They're going to go to their house. They're going to get in and they're going to put everything that they own on the front lawn. Oh, my God. For when they go back home after the wedding. <laughs> wow. And so <laughs> it's not like we had anything planned after the wedding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the bride and groom, after, after the biggest day of their life, and they've done, you know they've been up for eighteen hours or whatever it is, they then get home and everything they own is on their lawn, and they have to put it in their house before they can go to bed. Wow! Now, if that was going to happen at a wedding that I knew and I was at, I think I'd stay. <laughs> I think that might be just that might be great uh, for me. That would just sort of bookend the day very nicely and be a nice sort of story. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe help them put everything back in. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I'd photograph them putting it back. In. <laughs> <laughs> Photojournalist to the letter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're on your own, guys. <laughs> Wait, how much is the tip? Oh, all right, then maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, right on. That's that's so funny. Um, no, this. That's that's about the only weird thing I have from from New England weddings. Anyway, um, the the last thing I saw was the, most recently was during the bouquet toss. Uh, one girl caught it, but one of the bridesmaids wanted it, and this is the only time. And I regret not capturing this, although it probably is a good thing that I didn't capture this. Um, just like a- after the whole thing ends, the 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 bridesmaid just runs at the girl and just clear on tackles her brilliant i'm like oh my god did like it just happened at the corner of my eye she just oh just, man i would have been all blindside over i mean that they were all in good awesome. fun like i i got the after effects but it's like mm. i did not yeah, no, expect if, that if you caught it, there you go there's your there's your fearless shot straight in <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I, you just reminded me actually. I before I was even photographing weddings, so I didn't. I you know, it's about. I think I went to. It's about the only wedding I'd ever been to as a guest. You know, at some point we all had to go outside to say goodbye to the bride and groom as they were going off in the car. Yeah, and so I I ambled out with everybody else, and something again out of the corner of my eye, something came flying towards me. So I caught it, and it was the bouquet. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, I, did, I know what this means. So I literally just threw it in the air again. I thought, I can't, you know. <laughs> Keep not, it going. Be that guy that caught the bouquet and gets tackled by a bridesmaid. Right. <laughs> Although maybe, maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Oh, that's awesome. Th- those are awesome stories, um, <laughs> I, I got to say. Uh, so uh, circling back to Fuji. Yeah, um, yeah. which we should. Right, <laughs> at least bookend with it. Yeah, but so the the whole system. I mean, clearly it's yeah. it's working for you. Your your photography is just absolutely brilliant. Um, how how has this system opened? Has it opened up new possibilities for you? Like, what what is the future for Andrew? Well, I think. I mean. I'll, I'll answer. I'll answer that in two ways. I think because again, I see a lot of discussion on the internet, and I get a lot of people message me about working with the Fuji system, about what they, you know, when they when they're thinking about coming to it and and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, in a sense, it's kind of like a second coming of like a wild west for photography. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, what what I'd say I mean, when I when I started, it literally was full time full time with Fuji. I would count really on the sort of release date of the X-T1. Yeah. I, I, I pre-ordered two of those. 
and they arrived day one. And from then on, I was shoot. I was in my head shooting wed- weddings with Fuji, yeah. doing all my professional work with Fujis, and and I think that's the way you have to sort of go. I mean, I literally were. I, I arrived. The first two weddings I went to to shoot Fuji, I did have my Canon gear in the boot, as I know a lot of people do, but I didn't touch it. I made it work for me. I persevered. You know, the the, the firmware on the XT1 to start off with, and the way it worked, the AF was a bit off. It, it was quirky. It was difficult to work with. Sometimes you had to sort of find your way through it. You had to sort of, you had to adapt a little bit the way you were used to working. Yeah. To, to, to make the camera work for you and you had to shoot slower and you had to be more considered in what you did. It was less responsive. So therefore you had to frame things a, a little bit slower, be a little bit less reactive. And I think that helped to, to create be- better photographs for me and, and better and a better way of thinking around weddings. But what it, but what I did do was I persevered with it. I, I see a lot of people that sort of say, I'm now going full-time Fuji. They buy all the gear. They go to a wedding. They put it to their eye. They start going, oh, it's, but it's not a DSLR. It doesn't work like a DSLR. And yeah. They throw it away and they go, they run to the car and they get out their, their Nikons or they get out their Canons. And fine. You know, I, anybody that you should work with something you feel comfortable working with. But I just knew that these cameras were going to be the things that were going to make me work in a better way, get me better results, hopefully make me a better photographer. So I stuck with them and I sort of, I really had to coax the most I could out of them to get the results that I was looking for. And they've got, you know, as firmware as, as I mean, God bless Fuji. They literally, with the release of firmware four, version four, they gave us a new camera for free. Yes. The update on the X-T1 with firmware 4 was just like, rather than a lot of other companies that go, oh, you've now got to buy the X-T2. Yes. They went, it's the X-T1, but we've made some improvements. Just do, just do this, and we're like, we'll give you an electronic shutter. We'll give you all this sort of stuff for free. We'll make the AF so much better. And they just did that, and that was fantastic. So now I, I, I don't see the argument for going, oh, it's not, a, it's not a DSLR. I can't work with this. It's, you know, because for me, coming from the early incarnation of the X-T1 to how it is now, it's just so much more uh, a responsive camera. But for me, going to the Fuji was, A, that I could do everything off the top plate without going into the menus. Therefore, I could just keep looking around and not be looking in the back of my camera. But also, it was a smaller body for me. It was smaller lenses. It meant that it was, I felt that it was going to be less intimidating and I could get closer to the wedding. Yes. In, in the middle of it, and people wouldn't go, oh, God, here comes that photographer. Because I never get that. I mean, there was, I, and there are, I know there are arguments on both sides, but I will say there are shots that I have got and the shots that I show in my portfolio that I could not have got with a dslr because literally my presence with a big black block in front of my face would have changed that moment but whereas with the fuji it's a small camera i can literally i can pre-focus it or or i can just very quickly have it up to my take a shot take it away and nobody cares nobody notices or, or or nobody feels that what i've done is take something away from that moment so i can get those intimate storytelling emotion filled shots that i'm looking for yeah 
That's incredible. Uh, that's yeah. It, it's Fuji has done some really remarkable things. Yeah, and I I am first of all. I mean, I, I said this in the last uh, podcast. Um, you know, they I, I love the fact that they kept the film in Fuji film, where the, they yeah. hold true to their image quality first and foremost. Mm. Um, because otherwise, I, I don't know why anybody would want to stay. Um, because it, it it does require such a, uh, I mean, it, the learning curve varies, but it is a learning curve to to yeah. to hang with these cameras. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> and and again, like you mentioned before, the firmware updates it's uh, it's always a surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I think and and that is great customer support, and and they're going to engender great customer loyalty with that. I mean, I've I, the future of social photography has to be mirrorless cameras, and you've got Sony, which is doing great work. You've got Olympus, which you've got. I've not used the Sonys. I've used Olympus, and again, I didn't really get on with it as a system. I didn't find the handling of it as intuitive as I found the Fuji's. Maybe that was because I went to the Fuji first, but I just like the look I get out of the Fuji, and I like the I like the the way it feels in my hand and the and the responsiveness of it and yeah. I think the, the fuji film thing i mean i don't tend to use the built-in film simulations in mm-hmm. in the but i know a lot of people do and i think the look that they get that fuji film is in is still in there because the look that they've given to their film simulations is actually very film-like it's really good yeah I've, I've seen some great results with it so i know people that do shoot you know if they want black and white, they'll have a black and white print. They'll know the shots black and white, and they'll shoot it to a JPEG, and that'll be their black and white, whether it be you know across green or or whatever they want it to be. And again, the sort of classic chrome, maybe that's the, the their color look, and they can just do it all in camera. And again, it makes the the processing afterwards so much quicker. Yeah. Um, when you mentioned uh, Olympus, uh, one of the yeah. things that I was looking into when I was kind of shopping around for cameras. Uh, one one shop in particular was showing off their Olympus cameras. The the the, the clerk was happy to own one. He's like, "Oh yeah, I love this. I love this," and showing me the photos. And they were great photos, but they were just eh, just just pictures. But mm. like, but just, it's weird. Again, like you mentioned before, the the that that tangible intangible quality of the 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 image, the the end product is just so much more live in a in a fuji photo than uh i think any other camera system out there um i think that makes a huge difference in in why we love this uh this camera system yeah it's i mean it certainly works for me and i I would say it also has a lot to do with the the stunning quality of the fuji lenses yes i mean there there's (laughs) it's it's gonna it's gonna be hard for me to wrestle the 35 f2 off my camera this wedding season because I've you know I've just loved it and I tend to shoot most of the day depending on the on the size of the venue but I, I tend to be sort of mainly tw- uh, 16 mil and 30 and 35 mil yeah in in the Fuji terms which is 24 full frame and 50 mil full frame right and that works for me I watched last year I was shooting 24 85 uh, the 16 mil and the 56 mil and mm-hmm. I've, I've sort of gone down to the 35 mil just to get a slightly wider 
look on my on my what I consider my close up. So my my you know my my longest lens now is sort of fifty mil, and I I do like the look of that because it's again down to storytelling for me yeah if there if there are some portraits you know if we're going to disappear and do a little bit of portraiture i'm gonna i'm gonna grab the 56 from my bag and put that on yep. just because just because it's a that's a beautiful length of portrait. Oh, it's gorgeous and and just the 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 dropping away of focus behind it is gorgeous at 1.2 and i can just i can just work with that but again my style is very much i'm in terms of portraiture, I tend to sort of get couples and just go, right, there's some awesome light. You guys, you just be in that light and chat with each other. And I just tend to work around them and just take a few sh- few almost candid looking shots. I do as that as well. And, but, and I just try to be as yeah. right. And I just try to be as funny as possible. <laughs> and, and for um, me, it's difficult because uh, it usually turns out, you know, I'm like, uh, I'm Polish. And that usually gets them laughing. For some reason. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> One day I, I just, may be offended. I just, tend, I just tend to leave them alone. I just tend to <laughs> just just have a chat about what's going on and talk about something nice. And that you know the the only direction I'll sort of give if it, if it looks like it's going a bit south is just sort of just just talk about nice things. Don't talk about whether you've booked the holiday insurance or what's going on. You know, just just have a little think about what's just happened, and then I'll just photograph around that. Yeah. And, and if, if people look awkward, we just move somewhere else. I guess oh, let's, let's just, you know. But again, my portrait sessions are probably 10 minutes maximum. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's part, it's part of, you know, the couples that I work with, the approach that I have, what I show on my website. It's very much about very candid, unposed weddings. So yes. the couples that book me don't want to spend much of the time, if any, posing for the camera they just want to know that there's going to be somebody there that's going to photograph the wedding and they're going to have some photographs afterwards to tell the story but they don't necessarily want to spend the day reenacting the story for a photographer so yes that really, is true it, yeah so so those are the sort of couples that i that find me and that i work with and so you know family sh- family shots again if we're going to do some family shots that they'll be 10 minutes It'll literally be, you know, the bride and groom, the bride's family, the groom's family, the bride's mum and dad, the groom's mum and dad, bridesmaids, groomsmen. That's my formal list done. Yeah. And, yeah. And we move on. Right on. I try to keep it to that, too. Yeah. Because, I, I, I mean, that, I think that's, that's the standard. And that's, that's what everybody would love. And that's what everybody, you know, wants, wants to happen. But I... I hear stories of, yeah, yeah, that's my capture list. And then, then all of a sudden they go, oh, but the day before the wedding, they emailed me with a list of 40 formal shots. And now that's going to take an hour and a half. And I, I don't get that. I never get that because we, you know, we openly discuss it before the wedding day. And um, they say, oh, we, we don't, you know, we're, we're not keen on standing around on our wedding day. And, but mum and dad want something, you know, and they go, of course. And I think it's quite important. I yeah. think it's you know you as a family you come together so rarely that it's good to have a record of the people that were there from your family or your friends or whoever you want on your wedding day but you could put them all in one shot you don't have to say now all the cousins now all the aunts now all the uncles I never get that part you know I don't understand why you can't just go let's get family together click there we are right we've on it. we've we've done it and it is just a record it's not you know you're not trying to get the most amazing you're not trying to get everybody's personality individual personality into one shot in a group it's never going to happen you want to hear a horror story 
Oh, please. I love them. Oh, you better sit down for this one because this, oh, this awesome. whole. So. I'll, I, I'll follow it. I'll see if I can top it. Right. You, you start. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> uh, so I was doing this uh, wedding for an agency uh, a few years back, uh, probably about three years, four years ago now. Yeah. It was in Harvard Square, uh, in, in Harvard Yard. Um, there, there. I actually did get to park my car in Harvard Yard, um, and the bride had a shot list four pages long. Whoa! One of the and, and mind you, this was a big wedding party. There was uh, at least, I believe, ten groomsmen and ten bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. One of whom was a robot. Squeeze me. <laughs> they they hired a robot to come in from Florida to 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 be one of the groomsmen. I mean, uh, sorry, I'm sorry. An actual robot, not not a human being dressed as a robot. Not a human being. It was uh, <laughs> it was a robot dressed in a tuxedo. Uh, <laughs> and by robot, I mean it was this person controlling it with a remote control in the background. <sighs> oh God. So trying to pose the robot into the formals was a bit difficult. Finally, I snap. I'm like, can somebody move number five into position? Uh, And nobody got the short circuit reference, which made me Uh, cry. Oh. And uh, yeah, it was just just one thing after the other. And apparently every single vendor that she was dealing with had a, a similar page of four pages long of instructions of what to do. And everybody was flipping out on me. They were like, oh. can you believe this? I'm like, I'm not associated with her. I'm just hired to do this day. Yeah. Oh and my so the DJ, it, the, the last one was the DJ to snap because he was given this uh, huge laundry list of songs to play. Most of them were old 80s commercials from obscure products. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. The, the, the groom was some sort of like – uh, computer engineer from like I don't know uh, MIT, and the the, yeah. the bride was some Har- a Harvard graduate, uh, Harvard PA- PhD graduate. Uh, so it, it's one of those moments where it's like you're so incredibly smart that you've yeah. gone full circle into obscurity and yeah, like, yeah. So so because everybody gets down on the dance floor to the you know to the to the the jingle for Tide. i've never seen (laughs) moses couldn't have cleared water this fast (laughs) oh my goodness that's how fast this dance floor and the bride and groom were there just dancing a ballroom dance and it's like wow that's wow that is that is quite a day after that song the dj pulled out that cd that that she that she made for them just chucked it right in back of him and just (laughs) It <laughs> just went on with his stuff. He's yeah, like, I don't care anymore. No, was the, which was the best thing to do, and he probably got, probably got the party going a little anyway. Oh yeah, and the robot, to its credit, was a good dancer. Oh cool. Oh well, at least it was good for something. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is fabulous. <laughs> the, the the story I was going to tell was about formals, and it was I was I was doing I, I was doing some formals one day in a, lo- in a lovely place in North Wales. Beautiful. It's like a little. It's like a little village that you sort of hire for the day. It's absolutely gorgeous. And there's a village green, and there, we were just doing a few family shots. So I put the family together, and it was sort of stepping forward and adjusting people and, and stepping back. And I did this a couple of times, and people were wandering around. And then I, I just sort of 
just move somebody into, into the right position so we can see them step back. And I put my foot down, and I could feel something slightly squishy under my foot. And the whole wedding party in front of me just sort of looked in horror and held their hands out and just went, no! And I, I just sort of put a little bit of pressure on the thing behind me, and I'd trodden on a baby. Oh! <laughs> I stepped back. I trodden on a baby. Now, that I it's one of the things that makes you sort of go, maybe I, you know, maybe I've lost this wedding now because I've trodden on a baby. Uh, but what had happened was this woman was, you know, as as people are, they just sort of was letting her baby express herself by just sort of crawling along. And could see, I was very, I'd been using this area for, you know, five minutes. I knew exactly where I was, but it was just letting the baby wander. And I'd step back bang right on the baby and the baby started crying of course oh my god what do you do i just apologized and was apologizing oh my god and for the whole rest of the day i thought this is it you know i've, I've lost this wedding everybody's gonna hate me i'm gonna be the you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be the baby crusher or something it's gonna be it's gonna be the newspapers everybody and then for the rest of the day all the guests would sidle up to me and go are you okay <laughs> she's a she's she's a nightmare She's awful. Really sorry. You can kind of buy you a drink, which was like, oh, okay. It was a unifying thing because everybody hated us. So that was good. <laughs> but, I, you know. You it's win. A, yeah, it's not every day that you go to a wedding and tread on a baby. So yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my formal wedding story. <laughs> you, you win. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I, think, I think it's a tie because, you know, a robot, you know, not everybody has how at, you know, the, their wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow yeah nightmares excellent stuff oh <laughs> awesome andrew it's been awesome having you on um, it's been lovely it's been a really good chat i've really enjoyed it why don't you tell the world where they could find you on the web they can find me it's it's very simple it says exactly what i do i'm at documentary hyphen wedding.com so it's documentary hyphen wedding.com uh, i'm also on twitter at billington photo you can find me on Instagram at Billington Photo. And if you just uh, put into Facebook Andrew Billington Photography or probably Andrew Billington as well, uh, you can find me on Facebook. And I'm always happy if people want to message me, answer any questions about the Fuji system or just about the way I work. More than happy to, to answer people's queries. So get in touch in whatever you want. Very good. It's been awesome. Fabulous. Thank you very much. No problem. Once again, we want to thank Andrew Billington for taking the time to talk with us, and it was a tremendous time. I had such a blast chatting with Andrew, and I have many more interviews to come, and hopefully we'll bring Andrew back for some uh, more war stories. Um, but thank you, everybody, for listening. Once again, uh, follow the show at X-Line Show on Instagram, X-Line Show on Twitter, and go to thexline.com for more show notes. And uh, you can always leave your five-star rating on iTunes or whatever podcasting device that you have that will allow ratings of such. And uh, again, I, I can't wait to share some great summer fun stories with the Fuji system. I have already photographed another wedding, and that was a ton of fun using the the Fuji X-T1 and X-T10 together. And yeah, I mean, I, I have many more personal projects in the works and can't wait to share 
that you know that that's those stories when they actually happen so thank you once again for listening this has been episode six i will see you next time the music for this episode comes from ben sound if you're looking for royalty free music for your shows go ahead and check out www.bensound.com